National Institute of Mental Health defines a, a phobia, and I quote, as an intense, irrational fear of something that poses little or no actual danger. Do you have a phobia, I wonder? Are you perhaps afraid of heights? You stand on the top of the Sears Tower, the Empire State Building, the Waters Building, and your heart races and your palms sweaty. Are you someone who finds themselves anxious and enclosed in spaces, like, like an elevator or, or the very back of an airplane? Are you terrified when you suddenly see a spider in the corner of your bedroom wall? Do you know those cardboard cartons at a fast food restaurant? The ones that are, are bumpy and not smooth. You call them like a cup holder. Do you know what I mean? I can't touch them. I get immediate goosebumps, and I'm serious. I have no reason why cup holders cause that reaction in me. My kids make fun of me. When we go through McDonald's, they make me hold the cup holder. Phobia, and I quote, is an intense, irrational fear of something that poses no actual danger. Indeed, I know cup holders pose no danger to me or to anyone else. But that thought doesn't stop me from not wanting to hold them. Do you have a phobia? Is there something that you are afraid of in your life? This morning we begin a new sermon series called Discovering the Meaning of Christmas Through Mary's Eyes. Over the coming weeks we will reflect on, on four biblical texts that, that explicitly render the Christmas story through Mary's eyes and her experience of the Christ child being born. We begin this morning with Luke's Gospel, the first chapter, where we read in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Her name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at her words, his words, and wondered what kind of reading this must be. Carol Howard Merritt is a pastor and an award-winning author and has written a lovely devotional called I Am Mary. And she imagines what our text and, and what this moment felt like from Mary's perspective. 
In other words, when the angel says, Greetings, you who are highly favored, she imagines Mary thinking, What? What did he just say? The stranger treats me like a queen, but I know my position. I smell like roots and earth and sweat. I'm a lonely teenager from Nazareth engaged to a carpenter named Joseph. My years have been set out before me like Joseph places the tools of his trade on the workbench. Then the angel says to her, do not be afraid. Carol Howard Merritt imagines Mary thinking to herself, this messenger must have seen panic in my eyes. But his voice moves like honey and smells like smoke and blossoms. His face is ancient and it is knowing and it is kind. On your bulletin cover, you'll find an artist's depiction of this moment. And as I studied this painting this week, it seemed to capture the, the honesty and, and the anxiety and the fear that Mary must have experienced. And you see those emotions in her eyes. Julian of Norwich lived at the end of the 14th century. She was what's called an, an anchoress, meaning a monk who decided to build a hut or a stone house and live in, in isolation from other people, and in, specifically in prayer. She chose, in other words, to, to anchor her life to God. Julian Norwich wrote a book called Revelations of Divine Love around 1395. It's considered by many to be the first book written in English by a woman. Mary, I suspect, would have liked Julian of Norwich because in her book, Julian describes and writes about her fears, what she calls dread. And she names four kinds of fear, four, four kinds of dread. For context, writes author Veronica Mary Rolfe, during this time in Julian Norwich's life, there, there were reasons to be afraid. England was at war with France. There was social upheaval. There wasn't enough to eat. There was the Great Plague. Into that kind of world, Julian shared that through prayer, she discerned that the first fear is what she called the dread of a sudden attack. The smell of smoke, the frantic ringing of church bells, the sound of thunder, the sight of flame. This kind of fear, she said, can be terrifying, it can be alarming, but it can also be a benefit because it can steer us away from danger. I suspect most of us have experienced that first kind of fear. The fear of alarm. 
The second kind of fear, Julian of Norwich categorizes as that moment when, when you wake up in the middle of the night, stirred by what she calls the sleep of sin. Fear that arises from tortured thoughts when we recall that we crossed the line somewhere between right and wrong. As Julian describes, that, that dread can also take us to God, enables us to reconnect with God. Have you ever experienced that kind of fear? But the third fear she calls a, a, a doubtful dread. When fear takes hold in our soul, it leads us to despair. But Julian goes on to suggest this kind of fear can also transform us as it leads us to God. But the final kind of fear Julian identifies is what she calls a holy awe. A holy awe. This, says Julian of Norwich, is the only kind of fear that God wants us to experience. Because that emotion takes us to a God who is gentle and kind and offers us love. Julian of Norwich writes, we should desire then of our Lord to fear him reverently and with a holy awe. For then we will begin to trust God. I wonder, have you ever felt such a holy awe? Have you ever had a feeling that led you to, to trust once again in God? This week, as I spent time studying our passage, I discovered the word for fear the angel says to Mary in Greek, is phobu, from which we get our word phobia. In other words, Mary, in our passage, hears that angel say something like, phobia not Mary. Mary as the National Institute of Mental Health puts it, don't have an, an intense and irrational fear of something that poses no danger. The word occurs 13 times in the New Testament. Jesus often says it. He says it to Jairus, whose daughter had just died. He says, Fobu not, but believe. When he calls James and John to follow him, Jesus then turns to Simon Peter and says, Fobu not. Which isn't to say that phobias and fears are easily dismissed. The National Institute of Mental Health notes that it's one of the most common mental health issues that we face as human beings. 10% of all people have a 
homophobia one kind or another. Seven percent of us have a, have a social phobia. If we think about it, either we or someone we know is likely afraid of something. But what our Advent text reminds us of this morning, what Mary's story reminds us of, what, what Julian of Norwich reminds us of, is that the angel comes to us in this, this holy season and says, Fear not. Hobu not. Because when God comes to you, when God appears, there is no God invites us to experience a holy awe. That, suggested Julian, is the only kind of fear God wants us to have because it is gentle and kind and rooted in love. So may we all, I pray this Advent, come, come to see the world and to see others and to see ourselves through Mary's eyes. And to hear the angel Gabriel say to us, Fogu not. Into whatever might be holding us captive, we say. And may we come to embrace this advent, a holy awe, recognizing indeed that God surrounds us, as God surrounded Mary that day, only with gentleness and kindness.